Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Diamond Joe was a rich old jay, had lots of cowboys in his pay, rode the range with his cowboy band, many a maverick got his brand, well I hired on, offered Joe my hand, got a string of horses so old they couldn't stand. Like to die from hunger, he mistreated us so. Never earned a dollar off a diamond, Joe. Roll on, boys, roll. Don't you roll so slow. Roll on, boys, roll. Don't you roll so slow. Kayapi, yippee kayapi. Roll on, boys, roll. Don't you roll so slow. Roll on, boys, roll. Don't you roll so slow. Kayapi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-y
Yeah, down there they say that you VIP. Well, you might be a big wheel back in Georgia. But, buddy, it don't mean a doggone thing to me. Now, I tell you once more, like I told you before, take a little tip and travel on. about your troubles You know I don't care about your past But I'll give you a little word about your future If you don't move along it ain't gonna last Just get you social media and 
and it looks like it could pretty fall all across the country. So I know it's got to be pretty where you are. Yeah. Oh, it's it's gorgeous, and uh, even down in New Mexico, you know, they've had plenty of rain. They were starved out there in the springtime, and then it started raining, and we've had rain up here. And so uh, everything is probably about as pretty as it gets. Wow. And we've just been enjoying the heck out of it. Well, I'm loving it myself. But uh, that song that we just played, Leave My Jack Daniels Alone, there was a reason I selected that song outside of the fact that I just love it. It's hilarious. And uh, uh, you spent how many years here in Nashville? I spent eight years in Nashville. So you knew a little bit about the Jack Daniels, at least by the time you were here. Did you ever get up to the distillery up in Lynchburg, Tennessee? Uh, I think I did make it up there a couple of times, but I know more about Jack Daniels than I care to admit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, let's talk a little bit. Gary, about your time here in Nashville and those eight years that you spent. And uh, All right. uh, talk to us a little bit about who was down here with you, because I think you had some pretty famous guys that were uh, hanging down here with you at the same time, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Uh, when I first hit town, I figured, you know, uh, the guy pumping my gas could write a better song and play a guitar better than I could. And I figured if if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to become a songwriter, I need to go to a place where the songwriters hang and and find out how to do this. And I was welcomed down here by two characters I remember. Uh, one of them was Cletus Haggard, and the other one was Bob Frank. And wow. uh, they they kind of welcomed me to the community and became, you know, just great friends. And, uh, you know, just slowly nudging you into, well, that's a pretty good line, but, you know, there might be a better line in there. And uh, it just helped me so much. Uh, to become a songwriter and you know uh, there was other songwriters at the time down here that just you know sometimes they don't make the famous charts or anything like that but people like David Only and uh, people like that that I just admired so much because they wrote songs for the song's sake, not for the commercial side yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, did you tell me at one time that Ian Tyson was down here about the same time you were, or did I just dream that? Yes. Uh, I I was living on a little uh, on a little shack. It was uh, 717 17th Avenue South. And it was right across from the fire station, right down the street from uh, RCA Records. And uh, Bonnie Garner was the head of A&R for CBS at that time. And Ian was down uh, in Nashville looking for a record deal. 
and he had a bunch of cowboy songs. And everybody was telling him those cowboy songs ain't going to cut it, you know. Uh -huh. you got to write something different. And Bonnie says, there's somebody I think you might want to meet. And uh, so one evening, I was sitting there in my house, and uh, Bonnie Garner came by with Ian Tyson, and they had a bottle of Jack Daniels. And <laughs> he and I met for the first time, and we sat there and played songs to each other uh, all through the evening, and when I played him the old Double Diamond, he, every every song or two, he'd request that song again and again, wow. and he said, sooner or later, I'm going to record that song. And wow. we became good, good friends that night, and that's all thanks to Bonnie Garner, who you know, was instrumental in all kinds of things. The Highwaymen, she, that was her idea, and uh, uh, she did all kinds of things, but she was always a good friend of mine in Nashville, and she's the one that introduced me to Ian, and he and I later, you know, uh, made several trips up to Canada, and we were all, always... Uh, moaning over the fact that these cowboy songs weren't selling. And that was yeah. about, he put the old Donald Diamond out on uh, this old Carell's and Sagebrush album in 1983. And then in 1985, the Cowboy Poetry Gatherings came along with uh, Hal Cannon headed up the Western Folklife Center out in Elko. And he put on the first Cowboy Poetry Gathering. And uh, I had just, I had just I'd quit Nashville and I was up running a horse outfit in Aspen, Colorado, and I just bought a new truck, and it got hailed on, and the insurance company paid me eight hundred dollars. So instead of fixing my truck, I took that eight hundred dollars and went to Elko for the first <laughs> cowboy poetry gathering. And oh, gosh. that's where well, you know, I Hal Cannon's going to be on the show in a. Yeah, Hal's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, and uh, and we oh, he will rebroadcast with Waddy Mitchell. You know, and two guys were really responsible for putting Elko together for the first time. Yes, they're they're the ones that started the whole dadgum thing, you know, yeah. and it was ripe for the picking. Uh, there was. They expected maybe uh, 150 people there, and I think 10,000 people showed up to that first gathering. <laughs> I think Whitey told me about putting out chairs and then having to get more chairs because it just wasn't enough to handle that deal the yeah. first time. How yeah, many times have you played Elko? Expect. What's that? Yeah. How many times have you played at Elko? I've lost count. I've... I've played it since the first one it, uh, that was in 1985 and then it's been maybe every other year or there were some years I just went one right after another you know so uh, probably 20 times wow wow well you were talking about the old double diamond and that's the next song that we're going to get to and it is the live performance at Elko. So how many people courted this song, and how much money has this thing made you? Now, you may not want to answer that last question. Um, 
I've lost count, but there's a good story about it. Ian and I were having breakfast at the Stockman's in Elko, and he said, he asked me the same question. He said, how much money have I paid you over that? And I said, you haven't paid me a dime, you old booger. And he said, what? And I said, no, I've never gotten a dime from your publishing outfit for that song. And uh, he ran right out to the payphone, and I heard a bunch of cussing and carrying on out at that payphone. And, and when I got home, I had a check for about 5000 bucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And then, of course, Chris Ledoux has done it, and, I, and that was a huge hit for him as well. Yeah. Now, Chris cut it first. Uh, okay. And uh, he was down there in Nashville. You know, he was running around doing rodeos, and his brother was selling his albums out of the back of the pickup. And uh, his dad was looking for songs. So his dad got in touch with me. And uh, Chris probably cut a dozen of my songs before it was over. But he was the only one actually, you know, making money doing cowboy songs. And so when I went to Elko, there was a lot of people there that didn't know who I was. But uh, they'd do one of my songs, you know. And I'd say, yeah, I wrote that song. And some old Wyoming character would come up and say, B.S., you didn't write that song. Chris, you do wrote that song. And he's ready to fight. So I just oh, gosh. agree with him. I say, yeah, you're yeah. right. I lied. You know. <laughs> I wasn't well, let's take a listen. Who wrote it. No, no. Well, especially just rake the money in. That's okay. Just let them think it was a hoax. Yeah. But this is the old double diamond. It is live at Elko, and we are talking with our good friend, Mr. Gary McMahon. This is not a hygiene problem. I'm just digging around for a guitar pick. There we go. There we are. The the songs and poems you write, you know they're like your kids. You love them all, but most of them stay at home and never do nothing. You know, but every once in a while, one of them will get up and run out the door, and before long, he's out there making you proud and sending checks back to dear old dad. And this is one of them. Chris Ledoux first cut this song back in the 70s. I think I wrote it in 1974. And then Ian Tyson cut it uh, long before the first Cowboy Poetry Gathering, and it just kind of took off when the Poetry Gathering hit. And it's been done by 60 or so good cowboy and cowgirl singers and a lot of around the campfire and in my estimation that's what I call hit but uh, it's a true story about a ranch in Wyoming how the old double diamond lay out east to do boys in the land of the buffalo Auctioneer's gavel Rap and it rattle As I watch the old double diamond go Won't you listen to 
snapping good horse, you know, yeah. to ride in uh, in the dude outfits. And, and we had a bunch of good horses up there. And so we had the Maroon Bells and the Maroon Bells Snowmass Wilderness area all to ourselves to ride in up there. And it was just pretty close to heaven is oh. what it was. It was a lot of work, but it was it was just the most beautiful part of Colorado with the best horse under you you ever owned, you know. And so I spent the next 10 years up there. Wow. So how did your music develop after you had gone back up there and was spending 10 years at the Dude Ranch? Were you writing music as you were there and poetry or, or how did oh you uh, it, yeah uh you know i i was so uh committed to writing songs that i just couldn't quit so i kept writing these songs and they kept coming to me up there you know because i was dealing with horses and mountains and and uh all kinds of different kind of people all the time so I just kept writing about it, you know, and I don't know why I didn't have a market for it, but I'd sing them around the campfire and folks would like them. And, and then when the poetry gatherings came along, you know, I'd look out there and there were a whole line of people, you know, there's Ma and Pa and all three kids mouthing the words to my songs over somebody that's singing one on the stage. And I thought, son of a gun, you know, I've, and then Baxter Black got a hold of me, and he said, "You know, you could you could do this, but the real money is in the banquets." You know, he said, "The uh, uh, Wyoming Beef Cattle Improvement Association has an actual budget for an entertainer," and he said, "I could stick you in there when I'm not there, and I know that you would hold the crowd, and they'd hire me back someday." And wow. and so Baxter started bucking me on these things and you know all of a sudden nobody's checks uh were bouncing anymore these guys when they'd <laughs> hire you they were solid horse or cow people and and they meant it you know and and they'd hire you for more money than you'd ever get paid uh singing them out in a bar someplace and uh oh. that's like just kind of found my way through that you know and thank i'm very thankful to baxter black who helped me a lot along the way i really miss that guy well we've lost um talking about baxter black we've lost too many uh, of our great singers and songwriters and poets and entertainers the last couple of years it's been it's been oh haven't it been horrible you know yeah just getting old, they don't tell you about that part when your friends start passing away on you. Yeah, so somebody told me the other day, this getting old ain't for sissies, and I would have to agree with them. It's not. Yes. One of the favorite songs that you've done goes back to Colorado and your home, and uh, it's a song called Colorado blue can you tell us anything about this song uh yes i i had a girlfriend here uh 
in Colorado, and she was just a marvelous gal. And uh, I wrote that song about her and me. And uh, then I was going to get drafted, and I outsmarted them and joined the Navy and became a Navy corpsman. And it was right during Vietnam. It was 1968 to 1971. Yeah. And when I got out of the Navy, she had moved on and uh, kind of broke my heart, you know, and I uh, the one of the first songs I ever wrote in Nashville was a song to her, and so you know uh, I I don't know how tough the draft is on anybody else, but it it was uh, sure tough on me, and so I remember that terrible time with that song, and. Uh, hope I never have to go through anything like that again. <laughs> well, it is a terrific song. and Let's take a listen to Colorado Blue. We're talking with Gary McMahon today on the Campfire Cafe. We'll be right back. Colorado blue in her eyes 
you can go there and hear these songwriters, you know, these wonderful songwriters that come to town and are trying to make it. And every once in a while, they'll just knock you over with a song they've written. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So, um, but anyway, you are great, and we're having so much fun visiting with you a little bit today. Um, when I called you about a month ago to come be on the show, you could not do yeah. it because you were going trail riding. And yeah. we're headed back. In, so tell us about what you're doing now. Oh, you know, I'm just picking and choosing. COVID really killed all all of my stuff. And then uh, the new guys came on, and so I'm not getting near as much work as I used to. But that's all right. I'm 74 years old. And I don't care if I climb on another plane or see another motel room in my whole life, you know. So I, I know what you, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I'm at a real good position. I can pick and choose. But one of these rides came out of the old Bell Ranch rides, and uh, the Bell Ranch sold. So these guys actually bought another ranch so they could have this ride. And so it's a whole bunch of old New Mexico cowboys, and it's all mingled in with a bunch of Santa Fe businessmen. So you could be talking to the uh, the governor of New Mexico and not even know it down there, you know. Uh, and we all get together on this ranch, and uh, we ride out of there in the mornings and uh you know, evenings around the campfire, that's where that movie came from. Everything in the song is true. Uh, yeah. Tony Mark. Yeah. Uh, Tony Mark, do you know him? He had the Hurt Locker, and he's got several Academy Awards oh, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. He was sitting there on a chair, and this guy next to him was named Doug Maroney. And Doug was a filmmaker out of New York City. And they were sitting there, and he said, look at all these old grizzly old cowboys shutting each other up when this guy does a song. And he says, and they didn't know it, but I'd been singing to these guys for 30 years, you know, and I was one of their favorites. And so uh, somebody starts talking during one of the songs they like, and they're apt to shoot him, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and And so they shush him up right away, and... Tony says, what in the devil's going on around here? You know, these these grizzly old cowpokes are listening to every word this guy says. And uh, uh, so anyway, that's where Doug got the idea to do this movie, Everything in the Song is True, uh, is from Tony's remarks there at the fire one night. And uh, it's, just, it's just an old trail ride where these old New Mexico cowboys and these fancy Santa Fe businessmen get together and just have a great time. Oh, that is so cool. You know, there must be a lot of those events that take place in Colorado. I got a call from uh, Washington State from a friend of mine out there, and he goes out to Colorado every year for a ride, and he invited me to come, and I had been traveling so much at that time I just had to decline, but I may have to do that one of these days. Spend about a week out on the trail? Yes. And, uh, and, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, the food is great. And uh, 
you just meet all of these guys, you know, and it's everything from soup to nuts, everything from the wranglers that handle the horses to, uh, you know, oh, gosh, we we had, I think George Bush was on one of the rides one time, and you get to sit around the campfire and say, now, listen, how come you did this or that? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he'd sit there and explain it to you. He said, this is the reason we did this, and this is the reason we did that. You know, it was, uh, you just get the the real skinny right from the horse's mouth, you know, when you talk to these guys. And, and you come out of a trail ride, and my wife says, I can't believe you talked to that guy. You actually know that guy. I said, yeah, I can call him up. <laughs> you know, it's. You know, I have found that most people are just like we are. You know, we're just people, and uh, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, isn't that the truth? That, that is pretty cool. I'm going to get to well, another get to song. Know. Well, it's true. I mean, it really is true. Uh, Angel. Tell us about Angel. This is another great song. Uh, Angel was uh, about a gal that... Uh, the when I came back from Tennessee, uh, this gal and I uh, kind of found each other and got together, and she went with me up to the T Lazy Seven, uh, uh, and uh, we had a romance there for about four years, and then uh, I got called away to play Colorado Blue, and then I got called away on the road, you know, and that's horrible for a relationship uh and so i was on the road a lot and she was uh up there and so that one crashed too but she was still a great gal and uh so i wrote her that song angel well this is a great song i'm kind of glad you had all these relationships gary that was a good thing for the music world but uh, let's take a listen to the angel. We'll be back in just You're being my relationship counselor. <laughs> Hey. 
making me feel like I'm the man I try to be And I trust her to be tender And 
there, you know, like our gathering in Colorado uh, was full of uh, folk singers, you know, and so they'd all grab the cowboy songs they knew and put on a hat and and they found an audience there. They're hunting for audiences, you know, but it kind of shoved out the real ones, you know, uh, that maybe weren't as polished, but they had more credentials. Uh, I got you. And, uh, you know, I, I see that uh, some, and then uh, a lot of it is uh, – uh, a bunch of darn sure cowboys, you know, that have learned how to write. And I I know a lot of cowboys that got a lot more uh, stories than I do and know a lot more than I do, but they never learned how to write them down. And That's you got to have that star cross between knowing what you're doing, what you're writing, and having some credentials to actually back it up. And uh, those are kind of rare, but they are still there at the Cowboy Poetry Gatherings. You know, I know several people that darn sure have their cowboy credentials and have written enough to where they can really craft a, a, a good song or a good poem and just hit you right in the heart with it, you know. So they're still out there. And yeah. and I think I think they'll be going on, but I uh, I'm just hoping for success with uh, some of the people with the real credentials. You know, like you and I know what a horse is tacked out with, and how a horse acts, and stuff like that. And if we get a song or a poem that we can see where they know uh, the same thing, about. then. Yeah. We relate to it better. Yeah, yeah. Are the are the gatherings? Are there not as many gatherings now, or does it seem like there are a few new ones that are popping up around? Uh, you know, there's a lot of gatherings out there. People have started their own uh, gatherings, and so I see a lot of it. It started a movement, you know, out here in the West. So I see a lot of. Uh, people starting these things up when they have the wherewithal to do so you know it takes an incredible amount of work and money yeah yeah uh, put on one of these things so these guys go to a lot of work uh to put on these gatherings but you can see them all over wyoming they're all over colorado you know and they're they're smaller in in uh scope but uh, at the same time, it's got that movement, and a lot of people love to go to these because it's part of the American experience. You know, yeah. uh, you can talk politics all you want, but when it comes to the old cowpoke, everybody lets him have a free ride, you know, because he's out there uh, in it, and he wants to tell you about it, and uh, a lot of even I have a lot of liberal friends who just have this soft spot in their heart for this grizzly old cowpoke, you know. And uh uh I I think that's why the gatherings are still existing. They're they're n- not as big as they used to be, 
but that's okay. You know, they're more localized. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about, uh, um, yeah, talking about uh, real cowboys and not real cowboys. Uh, you have a poem that I just think is hilarious, and uh, and I actually I think I learned something when I listened to this poem. It's one called Chaps. Tell us about. I'm tell us about how I'm you, sorry, I didn't get that. It's called what? Chaps. Oh yeah. Yeah, tell us about this. How'd you come up with this? Um, my uh, father-in-law was a guy by the name of Dick Spencer, and he was okay. a publisher of Western Horseman magazine for forty years. You know, and okay. he was an old character. And one thing that really chapped his butt was when. Uh, Ralph Lauren came out with this men's cologne he called Chaps. And right. so after Dick died, I found a letter that he wrote to Ralph Lauren on the Western Horseman Stationery. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, I I didn't change that poem much. It, it was uh, uh, just what he wrote to Ralph. I just, you know, said it in the form of a poem. And what he wrote to Ralph, uh, and uh, I, I thought it was a riot. And all the old cowboys, they always, uh, you know, uh, relate to that poem right away. Because right, chaps let... and chaps are two different things. <laughs> well, let's let our worldwide audience take a listen to chaps. We'll be back. Okay. This is to Mr. Ralph Lorne, 505 Fifth Avenue, New York City. I seen on the TV, Mr. Lorne, that you have a men's cologne you call Chaps. Man, it's probably a manly center. You wouldn't have called it that. Myself, I never use the stuff. And this may sound a little harsh, but I think men use cologne to hide the fact they have a war. So I can't really comment on the product, though I'm sure it smells just fine. It's the way you say the name Chaps that chaps my cowboy behind. You see, the name is derived from the Spanish word chaparajos, which in turn gets its name from the word chaparral, which again in Spanish means a dense thicket of thorny brush and trees which all manner of cowboys have ridden through for centuries. Thus needing protection for their legs, these chaparajos were fashioned from cowhide and are the leather leggings cowboys wear that come without the backside. Then us gringos got a hold of the word and shortened chaparajos to chaps. Much the same way we took the word tapadero and condensed it to taps. So the CH sound is really pronounced with an SH sound, you see, and to an old cowboy that's worn chaps all his life, it seems a travesty that you would use a cowboy's manly image to sell your fancy smell to the herd and never even take the time to learn how to say the word. Because the truth is, Mr. Lauren, even though I'd like to console you, anyone who says chaps for chaps don't know chip from Chinola. (laughs) 
love it. I love it. Oh, he God. he actually put that last line in the letter. Really? That isn't. Wow. Yeah, that is my line. But I I couldn't resist that one. That is fantastic. I wonder if Ralph ever responded to the letter. That would be that would be something. To oh, I would love to see it. We went through all of his. You know, he he had friends all over the world, and he wrote to everybody. And so we went through all of his stuff, but we couldn't find a response. So. Uh, oh, well, I'd yeah. love to see a response. That, I'm with that, would, you. that would have been great. That would have been yeah. great. Well, Gary McMahon, yeah. you have been so much fun to have on the show today, and I always enjoy visiting with you and talking, and whether it's on the air or whether it's before the show starts or any time we can visit, I love to do that. So would you come back again? Well, I I tell you, son, you do your you do your research. You know what you're talking about, and it's so much different to, uh, you know, talk to a guy that's actually done his research on this stuff, and it's always a pleasure to be on this show. Well, we'd love to have you come back again. And uh, how can people find you, get your music? Learn everything I want you to know about me by going to singingcowboy.com. All right. And if if you want to watch the movie, it's called Everything in the Song is True, and I warn you that if you don't write it down, you'll forget it. But uh, <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime and Apple iTunes and stuff like that. Well, it is a great movie. It is a great movie. But, uh, Gary, come back and see us again. We're going to close out this segment of the show with another of your great songs called The First Cowboy song and uh and uh people that are listening to the show today can go back and listen to it on apple podcasts and spotify and iHeartRadio and itunes and our website at equestrianlegacy.net gary mcmahon thank you my friend appreciate you being with us you always do a wonderful show gary thank you for having me all right love to have you back When the wind comes whistling through the pines, the cowboy rides his sleeping herd all through the night. Across the hills, the lonely coyote winds, and he's heard this song so many times he knows most every line. With the wind to teach him lonely, and the coyote to teach him blue, and an eye bird or two to learn the tune. He joined in nature's chorus through a thousand lonely nights, till at last he sang his own song to the moon. You can't have a rainbow without the rain, it cleans the air and waters the land. And a cowboy doesn't have a song to sing Till his heart is gathered up some sand hey,
sunlight follows darkness sure as snow melts in the spring in his song turned from indigo to rose as he learned the joyful noises of a million little things down the trail is singing cowboys go it must have been that very song that drove the lady near with a wildflower smile midnight eyes for they spent their years together on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We'll be right back. Calls their name 
in a land that's free. This is where I choose to be. There's no better place than nowhere. There's no better place than nowhere. Let myself feel small Cause it's all here My own wild frontier Aren't we all pioneers after all? Yes, we're all pioneers after all And I Like I need water or a lover's caress And I have to not decide I just know That the wild of the west The wild of the west Is in my That is Mary Kay Holt's Emmy-winning song, The Wild of the West. Welcome back to Saddle Up America. And our very special guest, the guy that we've been missing for a while, is our very good friend, Mr. Robert, the Trailmeister Eversole. Hey, Robert. Hey, it's good to be here. It's good to have you back with us, my friend. It's been a couple of months, I think. It is. Well, we've been out out a bit, you know, so that was good. Uh, but yeah, it's been ages. There's it seems like it's been been just a uh, uh, well, it has been a long time. It's, it it seems like it's been forever since we chatted. I'm telling you what, I'm looking forward to catching up a little bit today on the show. But uh, so, what have you been doing? I, I noticed something yesterday that you've been hitting the trails at a couple of different places well, yeah we've been here? been out riding you know it's uh well so last night we we did uh, uh 10 days in the bob marshall wilderness complex that was you know heavens back in back in august a long yeah. time ago and so we did 10 days there just prior to that did uh 10 days in the Pesaten complex um so, you know, almost a month in wilderness areas, uh, you know, packing in this year. So so that was good. Um, the Bob trip was, was fabulous. Celeste's uh, first time and longest time in. So that was great. Uh, yep. 
Yep. Uh, and let's see. We went to a place called the Chinese Wall, which was two long, hard, miserable days to get in. Uh, <laughs> but it was. But, but yeah, worth it, it, wasn't it? Oh, heavens, yes, it was. It was, um, well, it's a thousand-foot escarpment, so a thousand-foot-tall cliff that just towers overhead. Um, And we we were at the base of it, and and it runs, depending upon uh, on who you ask it, you know, some some sources say that it runs 40-odd miles, the part that most people go up and down, the the part that's, that's, uh, you know, has established trails underneath it. That's probably, I don't know, two dozen miles, 20, 24, 25 miles. It's, wow. it's a long stretch either way you look at it. But like I said, it took us took us two long days to get there. And, uh, yeah, we, we got the T-shirt. I don't know that I'm going to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, Did you get, get the T-shirt? Getting there no was, kidding. <laughs> well, if I make it, I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can remember going but, to Hawaii and going to Maui and you get this T-shirt that says, I survived the Rosahana. You know, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If, if you make the T-shirt, then you get it. But <laughs> yeah, all right. But uh, but yeah, it was um, you know it was August, so it was you know the height of summer there, and uh, most of the of the of the gra- grass for grazing had been kind of burned out down below. You know, it was, it was August, so you know it was kinda, yeah, kind of dry. The grass was cr- crunchy and brown instead of soft and green um and so then we got once we got past you know where the regular grass you know what was going down below where that was all dried up the the ground turned nice and green you know spring lasts a lot longer the higher you go but it it wasn't it wasn't the grass that the mules would like it was bare grass and uh, just a, a different species, I guess, and they would not eat huh. it. If they would have eaten it, they would have gotten fat, but they wouldn't wow. touch it. Um, and so they were, they were kind of scrounging for for food. And you know, I always take uh, uh, emergency pellets. You know, you know, for, you know, typically on a trip, you can kind of count on maybe one or two nights. You're not not going to run into, you know, good, good grazing situations. Uh, right. And so we kind of planned on that. Took uh, about 100 pounds of feed, you know, for the four of them, which still isn't much, uh, but you know, enough to get us get us through 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 a couple lean days if we had to. And by golly, we went through that pretty quick. Wow. Uh, and then oh, and, and then up at the uh, at, at, at the uh, at the wall again. So there there wasn't anything that they would eat, and the uh, there was water there, but it was more seepy water rather than streams, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and didn't want the critters to get into those those you know those, those pretty fragile areas, you know. Didn't want them trampling that. So we were dipping water out of these streams with our coffee cups to fill up the collapsible bucket oh, wow. of the critters. You know, uh, well, you know the things you do, you know, for for you know that would be to, to leave no trace. Yeah. yeah, so it was it was that, but boy, it was pretty up there. 
it was pretty up there. So it, it was worth it. Uh, but like I said, there 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 have been easier trips. <laughs> well, I had uh, with our with our first guest on the show today, uh, Gary McMahon. I asked him how the weather was out in Colorado, and uh, he similar to Tennessee. It's beautiful. It's sunny. The colors are gorgeous. Uh, the temperatures have been tremendous here. And um, as a matter of fact, next week, I think some of our lows are supposed to hit around 31. So oh, my, so you'll cool. get a little frost, yeah. maybe. Well, I, we've already had some frost, I think, this past weekend. But how's the weather oh, my. in, in uh, your part of the country? It is glorious, just like yours. We haven't got got uh, frost temperatures yet here in Spokane, but, you know, high yeah. 30s, low 40s at night, so brisk. You're liking that sweatshirt in the evenings and the mornings. Yeah. Uh, during the days, it's been, you know, low to mid 70s. Perfect weather for going for a ride. It's it's been glorious. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, are your colors pretty out there? We don't have. I could probably count the, the number of leafy trees we have on the property on really? one hand, Gary. Wow. <laughs> We've got lots of pines. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but but for for but they don't have color, the color. They don't have the color, you know. So to get color, you, you know, the East Coast, they've got color, you know, with the it maples and glorious. scarlets. Yeah, it's here it's just stays green, which is nice in the winter. You know, we don't have those nice. the those gray days so much. Right. But uh, yeah, for colors. I was really kind of thinking I would like to try to get one more trip in this year and go up in the high country and see the larches. Um, And the larch is a type of conifer, but it loses its needles, and the needles turn not red or anything glorious like like further east, but but a a bright yellow, I guess you'd call it, uh, before they fall. And they call it larch season here. But you got to go up pretty high. And if we're pushing the season right now, it would be real easy to go up and all of a sudden find I've got a foot of snow overnight. And I don't think that yeah. would be a pleasant way to, you know, pack out. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I may not I do that. Had, yeah, I post, somebody posted something about some color. Uh, and I forgot exactly what state they were in, but... Uh, along with the beautiful colors, there was snow along the edges of the highway. It's like, oh, I believe it's it. A little bit early, a little bit early for me. But uh, yeah, some of the places. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it, it's on the way. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I mean it's just that time of the year, and uh, yep, yep. Uh, the farmers Farmers Almanac forecast an extra heavy. Uh, snowy and cold winter here in Tennessee and through a lot of the uh, eastern states this year. So Lovely. Well, the, the hard winters make us appreciate thing. spring and summer that much more, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So where, where are you headed for some fall riding, some beautiful fall riding? Uh, just around here, I think. Um, you know, we've got so many low country areas. Um, we'll, we'll be hitting them, you know, trying to, you know, 
get in the saddle as much as possible before I've got snow on the ground and and it's too cold and I'm sitting in front of the fire thinking deep thoughts. So Uh we're just going to stick around close to local state parks in Washington and Idaho, do some stuff in the high desert here and there. Um, Nothing spectacular, but excellent opportunities just to keep the – Keep the bubbas tuned up, and uh, and to get out, you know, while while we can, you know, I'm trying to do that. I've got uh, some cinch making clinics coming up uh, the first part of November, so trying to get ready for them, uh, and just kind of, you know, as much as I hate to say it, trying to put a, a bow tie on the on the end of the year, <laughs> and trying to get ready for for winter. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, you know, we're already into the middle of October, and it just does not seem like it ought to be, you know. Exactly. Right around the corner, and then then Thanksgiving and and Christmas. I'm already looking ahead at uh, when we will not have shows because Thanksgiving comes on Thursdays every year, so that kind of our Thursday show then. And then uh, I did notice that Christmas – is on Sunday this year. Okay. That, that'll be okay. That'll be okay. Yeah. But, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, that time just flies. It's scary it flies so fast. Well, I just assumed it was my age that makes it go so quickly, you know. But not to you. <laughs> not to you. Oh, Gary, you've got a long way to go before, before you don't want to risk buying green, green, green bananas, so... You, you've got a lot, a lot of years ahead of you. Oh, gosh. All right, so Bobby Bell is not here today. She said to tell you hello. She was under the weather. Uh, she had just gotten a flu shot and a COVID booster yesterday. So, oh, i got to get that booster, and I'm not looking forward to it. They say the new ones aren't no, quite as bad as the others, but ugh. No, mine didn't, mine didn't bother me at all. You know, it's just some people. No, you're made out of tough mm-hmm. stuff, though. I, I'm I'm delicate. We've established that. I suppose. I suppose. But anyway, she was a little under the weather. But if she were here, I know one of the questions that she would ask, because she likes to talk about this. What kind of recipes have you? Chocolate been cake. On? All right, my man. Chocolate cake. I made chocolate cake in the back country. For Celeste for her birthday while we were out. Wow! And I've got to well, tell you, yeah, yeah. Her, we, we were in the middle of the of, of the Bob on her birthday, and I smuggled wow. in a birthday card and I made her chocolate cake on the camp stove. And I got to tell you, it was pretty darn good. Well, give us a recipe. Oh heavens! Uh, uh, I remember it had chocolate um, pudding. You know the chocolate the the chocolate pudding mix. I do. The kind that you have, yeah, it was the kind that you have to cook, not not the instant. So chocolate okay. pudding mix, um, extra flour, and then I think I dumped in um, like some um, some. Vanilla, you know, just into the into the dry mix. Um, okay. And and then I added water until it was not 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 quite as thin as pancake mix. 
and put that, you know, I, I greased up a, a skillet and put that in the skillet on top of the, the camps, you know, just the, the camp stove, you know. And then I put right. a pan over top to hold the heat in. So it ah. kind of, you know, cooked on, on the bottom and the top. And, and okay. I'm not going to say that it would be something I would order from a restaurant. But when you're, <laughs> you know, 30 miles in the into the wilderness, it was pretty mm. darn good. <laughs> so was she a surprise and happy camper? I believe she was. I believe wow. she was. She said she was anyway. So not often you get a, a gourmet meal in the backcountry. I, I and and she did. Chocolate birthday cake. Yeah, that's that's right. So so yeah, so so yes, chocolate cake. I was all wow. all excited about that. <laughs> well, I'm sure that got you some points, my friend. That that, I hope so. A- after dragging her that far and and the hot hot days and the <laughs> you know coated in 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 trail dust every day for for over a week i hope so <laughs> and and dipping water with coffee mugs to fill up exactly wow wow exactly but we got some good pictures so it was oh, all God. worth it that is great so we're going to take a quick break we're going to listen to a song by Mickey Furman and it's called Blue Prairie. She is nominated uh, both with the Academy of Western Artists and the Western Music Association as Female Vocalist of the Year. And, and uh, let's take a listen to Mickey, and we'll be back. Next week.
That's our good friend, Miss Mickey Furman, and the song is Blue Prairie from her album, Westbound. And we are talking with our good friend, Mr. Robert Eversole, today on Saddle Up America. And uh, he was just giving us a recipe for chocolate cake out in the Bob Marshall Wilderness to celebrate Celeste's birthday. And uh, that sounded pretty good. So what other kind of cooking? You, you've told me before you like to fish. And occasionally, you like to catch. So That's true. And uh, there is great fishing. I didn't have any luck catching uh, on this trip. But, uh, <laughs> 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 you know, thank heavens I brought pl- plenty of, uh, of other food for us to eat. Uh, so, yeah, we actually left a little bit earlier than we had planned. Um so, and the the main fishing was going to be at the second half of the trip, um, and you know we got to the wall, and then Celeste's mother uh, was in a car accident, and so oh, no. we thought it, yeah, yeah, she's fine now, but you know it was okay. some some, you know, I guess I guess in Pennsylvania stoplights are optional, and somebody decided that um, they just go through it while her car was there, um, so we we. At that point, we were, you know, three days out, and and we decided we we would head back, and uh, and that way we could get Celeste on a plane and and get her back to to see her mom, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so we kind of bypassed the whole fishing part uh, of the trip, but you know what? I'm sorry. With technology today, we you know you know we we were we, we at least we knew what had happened and we were able to make a, right. an informed decision. You know, while we were there with the satellite communicators, uh, and heavens, we had we we had flights arranged and rental cars arranged pretty much before you know what well before we got home. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, wow! And and it was all through the the satellite communicator for the most part. Um, wow! You know so. So being able to have those comms in the backcountry, it's, you know, thank heavens we didn't have to use it use it for one of us, but it's also nice to have, you know, for if something happens back home. And a lot of times I don't be, think people really, really consider that. Uh, but uh, even for, so we cut, cut our, our, our trip a little bit short, uh, but it was it was nice to be in contact like that. Yeah, yeah. So what are, what are you using? Well, um, I went back to to the the Garmin Inreach. Um, the I had been using a, a device called a Sat Pack, uh, which clips to your phone, um, and and I loved the thing. It was great, but when your phone breaks, you're kind of out of luck. Um, and so went with something a little bit more, more robust, which is that Garmin Inreach. Um, okay. You know, you, you pretty much can't break the thing. I actually rolled over mine with my truck at uh, one point uh, years ago. Why? Uh, just to see if wow. it. Well, they they sent me one to try, and I thought, well, by golly, I'm going to do a, a, a real it. try. Yeah. 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 And and it survived. It, you know, the the screen got scratched up, but that was it. So, wow. and they're they're a little bit spendy, but you know, peace of mind is well worth it. I I, I figure, you know. So so went back to the inReach and and uh quite pleased with it. 
uh, you're not having a, a discourse on uh, on on philosophy you know, because it takes the messages a little bit to get out and get back, but gotcha. they'll get out and get back. <laughs> well, there you go. Just be patient. Exactly. Okay. Just got to be patient. The other one was really nice because uh, it was just like text messaging. It was that quick. You know, wow. bam, bam, bam. And and this one, it takes a little bit longer. And then the SAT pack, they, they've, they've changed um, – they had to get a whole different set of satellites. Uh, something about uh, the FCC sold a band to somebody or something. So, so it's not the, the same as it was. Uh, and then, of course, you know, if your phone breaks, you're you're in trouble. Yeah. So. Wow. 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 Well, I I wanted to ask you. Uh, we may be a little bit early, but. Probably not. How is the uh, expo season shaking out for next year? Ah, uh, for next year, that's it, coming along quite nicely. Uh, you know, I think there's, you know, uh, expos. You know, they took a huge hit during 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 those two years of COVID. You know, uh, right. they're coming back. Some of them, some of them are not, but I think most of them are. Uh, and I know for for my expo next year, I'll be doing. I think we've got four or five on the books right now, so it'll be a it'll be a busy a busy spring, and then of course I, I'm doing more of the the cinch making clinics uh, next year as well, um, so that will be a lot of fun. You know, a much smaller uh, event uh, than than the expo, so different from that. But you kind of have right. to have that that hands-on one-on-one time when you're showing somebody how to how to how to weave a, a cinch for their horses. So yeah, I'm kind of kind of excited about winter and spring. You know, I'm thinking, you know, all the clinics and stuff will will make the, the those gray months go by quicker. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm go by sure they will. Until riding season. I want to know if you're headed back to Tennessee. Uh, now that you speak of it, uh, for clinics, no. The Tennessee Expo falls on the same day as the Washington Backcountry uh, event, and they okay. asked me first. <laughs> okay. Right. As much well, as I'd love to visit. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I told Tennessee uh, just, just a couple of days ago, actually, that I would love to come, but you got to ask me before October. <laughs> wow. wow. So, right. yeah, I'd we start to. planning – yeah, we start planning uh, clinics and, and expos. You know, once it gets into uh, into August, it's getting kind of late. Um, you know, for those kind of things. Um, okay. So, but I will be in Tennessee of all places uh, here in just a couple weeks. My Four. nephew is getting married, so I have to hop on a plane and, and fly fly east for that. Um, Where's you get married? It, and right outside of Gatlinburg, so Severville. Severville. Um, sure, that one. Serville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be in there. It'll be just a super quick in and out trip, but we will be in the same state as you. <laughs> well, I wish it were a little closer to Nashville, but that's about three and a half hours away, so. Yeah, so we'll 
like I said, we'll be flying in, flying, flying back out. But it'll be it'll be nice to see family, all, all the East Coasters, you know. Oh, that's so, right. Yep. So we'll we'll be east for that. And I, off the top of my head, I can't really think of of other East Coast expos come spring. What I'm actually what I'm thinking about right now because it's a beautiful day. We were talking about the weather and the sun's out and it's gorgeous. So I'm sitting on the on the deck and I've got the dog here scratching him and the he he, he had a he tried to make friends with a skunk a week or so ago. Not good. And uh, not good. And you know he's had three or four baths since then. But you know in the heat of the sun there's a certain certain aroma. <laughs> Uh-huh, and it's uh-huh, not it's uh-huh. it's not heavy, but but there's a certain something in the air. So I think he's going to get yet another bath today. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad had uh, a Doberman Pinscher named mm-hmm. Bo. Bo. And Bo loved to play with skunks. Yep. And, uh, and then right after he played with the skunks, he loved to come out when you were standing at the fence looking at the horses and put those front feet up on the top rail of the fence and then just lean on you. And oh, my. That was not, not a pleasant thing, but he was he was one crazy dog because he just loved to play with those skunks. Yep. Well, this is Boo, and this is his second adventure. He got into them a year or so ago. You'd think they would learn. You know, the white stripe means stay away, but... Uh-huh. Yeah, the worst part of it was, you know, he gets sprayed, and then he wants to, you know, come inside. Like, no, you can't come in. And 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 then, you know, it's forty degrees, and you're trying to get him a bath outside on the deck. So, wow, <laughs> it it could be worse though. You know, it all in all, worse. he's not a bad dog. <laughs> well, you know, it is fun to be catching up with you, and uh, and I think. Hopefully, knock on wood. Let me see if I can find some wood. Knock on wood. Uh, things will have kind of straightened out, so we're back on schedule with all of our radio program uh, programming, and and you guys are not out on the trail somewhere, so that uh-huh. it won't be a couple of months when we're back together again. And yeah, well, it's going to be a busy, busy fall. And and just full of great things. I, I'm working on book number two right now. So hopefully oh, by yeah. So so by by the next time we we talk, I'm hoping to have the draft done. And and then the bat then the hard part comes, all the editor stuff. But oh, uh, wow. putting that that together now, and it was the book I had not planned on writing. So it's it's all about well, Robert. If you if you write one bestseller, you're going to have to come up with a second bestseller. So. I know. <laughs> it's kind of addictive like that. <laughs> well, I'm well, telling well, what what are the what are the, the our brain chemicals when when something good happens? Is, is that the dopamines? The endorphins. You know, in the, the endorphins. Yeah. The endorphin rush from hit, hitting that bestseller list. You know, now That's I'm like a right. junkie. I want it again. <laughs> Gosh, well, maybe we can get a little inside look at what's going on. There we go. Next time. But anyway, look forward to talking with you uh, in, gosh, November already. Yeah. The year is flying, but 
It's a, just a joy to, to chat with you again. It's been entirely too long, and look forward to, to talking at length more. And hopefully Bobby will, will be feeling better by then, in November then. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Robert, thank you so much. We'll talk to you in November. All right. You have a fabulous day, and everybody, everybody listening, have a fabulous day, too, and catch you in November. Bye-bye now. All right. Thanks, Robert. All right. Let's try it now. Let's take a listen to Cows Around. It's Mr. Corblund. Living in town sometimes brings me down Let me bestow this western blessing and share what I have found May you always have cows around What else you gonna spend that extra money on? What else is gonna get you up hours before dawn? What else is gonna keep you toiling on and on and on? May you always have cows around. Come on, you know that you got too much time on your hands. Not merely enough complication in your plans. You need to invite all of the frustration that you can. May you always have cows around. Everything is better Cows around, living in town, sometimes brings me down. Let me bestow this western blessing, leave you settle down. For you always have cows around. What else can make bishops swear like a sailor might? What else can cause such tension between a man and his wife? What else could ever bring all these enhancements to your life? May you always have cows around. What else is gonna get out when you don't close the gate? What else will make you prematurely show your age? What else will take a run at you in a fit of bovine rage? May you always have cows around. But everything is better Living in town sometimes brings me down And although this western blessing leaves you cattle bound May you always have cows around What kind of cows, Corp? Well, there's Herbert, Highland, Simmental, West Black and Maine and Juki a limousine, shorthorn, Charlie, Watusi, too. Texas, Longhorn, Corey, any Romagnola, Galloway. And Angus, Brahma, Brangus, Jersey, Guernsey, Holstein, hey! place to an exotic game ranch you might have had to do all kinds of things to raise the cash so you'd always have cows around 
Well, how else you gonna lose it all like Daddy did? What else will make sure you leave nothing for your kids? It's too late now, you know it is. You might as well admit that you're the badly flawed and sentimental masochisticness and that despite all the statistics and the advice that you get you will always have cows around yeah everything is better with cows around living in town sometimes brings me down where you won't know what you're missing till you hear that sound may you always have cows around may you Our Canadian friend, Mr. Corb Lund, Cows Around. And Corb will be here in Nashville next Friday, the 21st, performing at the Exit Inn. So I think you can visit Exit Inn right now and probably order tickets for that show, but it should be a lot of fun to visit Corb Lund here in Nashville at the Exit Inn next Friday. We've had a great time today visiting with our good friend, Mr. Gary McMahon, up in Colorado, and then back out in Washington State with our buddy, Robert Eversole, and we hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. We remind you that you can listen to the show in a podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as our website at equestrianlegacy.net. Well, it's been a lot of fun. We look forward to having you back with us next Thursday, beginning at noon, for the live show. And uh, our guest next week will be Mr. Alan Chapman on the Campfire Cast. Right now, let's take a listen. We've talked about the weather uh, in Colorado and Tennessee, how beautiful it is here and the colors and, and nice weather out in Washington. I hope the weather is beautiful wherever you are, but it has seemed to me to be an early fall this year because it seems like the leaves started falling a little bit earlier and changing colors. And a good friend of ours, Tisha McKenna, has recorded a great song called Early Fall. We're going to close the show with that, and we look forward to having you back with us next Thursday, noon Central Standard Time, live at EquestrianLegacyRadio.com. There's a ring around the moon that says there's rain to come, and the smell of burning leaves is in the air. The days are getting shorter, and the nights are getting long. It seems like summer's ending after all. Sure signs that we're Sometimes it's hard to let the 
Thank you. 